Welcome to a podcast from Alive Church in Newark. We believe that the gospel changes lives, so we hope you're ready to hear from God, be challenged and inspired. Here's our speaker for today. Well, good morning or good afternoon, church. How are you doing? You all right? Great. Such a privilege to share something that's been on my heart for a while. Um, I don't want to preach. I just want to share a word of knowledge. I'll leave the preaching to the Holy Spirit today. Uh, What I do say is be encouraged to hear the voice of God today in His word, not mine. Um, Also, just to honor Paul on keys, this is his punishment for being my friend. He's going to play in the background while I just share some of these thoughts today with you. Um, Isn't the Holy Spirit a wonderful thing to have in your life? God calls him your counselor. Wait for the counselor to come. And it's good to have a lawyer friend always, especially in the Western culture, because he tells you exactly what you need to know to guide your life. So thank you, Holy Spirit, for being here. Um, One of the good things about culture is we learn from it. We learn some incredible things about it. So just quickly turn to the person next to you and share what your favorite food is and why they should try it. Come on. Your favorite food and why they should try it. disgusting all right I don't want to know that's fine this is a recorded message so let's not get it um, great so did you share all right that's good too I, I second that did you just share something about your favorite food to someone else and do you think they bought into it do you think they are oh wow yeah I should try that hands up if you think that's a good thing very few hands all right we pray for you later all right all right Um, What we just did in a few seconds was try to influence someone else's thinking on our food culture. Now, influence plays a big part about what God does in our life. He sent Jesus to influence us, not just to save us, but to understand what his kingdom culture looks like. So, what is kingdom culture and what does it look like? Kingdom culture is built upon the values of the king. This culture is a counterculture. It goes against the culture of the world and presents a better alternative. As we live the culture of the kingdom, we become the salt and light and attracts those from the worldly culture. Now, you remember in Matthew 5, God talks, Jesus talks about be salt and light. He didn't say be salt or light. He said be salt and light. Be someone who understands food in a way because salt is important, and be light so that you can shed some light on why you are the salt of the earth. And that can only be done when we understand and recognize that there is a culture that God wants to create in us through the works of Jesus and through the Holy Spirit's counsel. So what does kingdom culture look like? Well, let's start by what is kingdom culture? Where does it come from? So kingdom culture is about the king. It's about a kingdom that belongs to the king. And guess what? God's kingdom 
is his domain. So God's domain is also his kingdom. So if when we say God is here, we sang a song called House of the Lord. He is here. That means his kingdom is here. His presence is here. The Holy Spirit is here. Guess what? This is a family party of multitude proportions that we can't understand. God's here. He's loving what we are singing about. He's honoring each and every one of us. Even though we come with our issues, that's a fine thing. God knows it. But he loves to honor us because he wants us to be part of his kingdom, of his culture. So God's kingdom has a culture. It's his. It's not ours. If we had a choice, I want to be right now fishing somewhere or driving a car around a racetrack as I did, as I did in the Middle East or something. I would love to do that. But why do we congregate on a Sunday? Why do we come together as a family? Because it's God's desire for us to meet together. The word says, let us not forget, let us not forgive or forget meeting together. Let us come together always and hang out together as a church family and learn from that. But Jesus says something remarkable about kingdom culture. One of the first sermons and preachers he ever gave was about Beatitudes, about what does he say about how we should be. So if he's going to come up, I'm just going to ask her to read something and share something quickly with us on what Jesus said about his Beatitudes. There you go. Second mic. Hi. Um, I'm just going to read this first. This is the first time that Jesus really is recorded as giving an official sermon. Um, so we're going to read his words. It's in Matthew 5. Now when Jesus saw the crowds, he went up on a mountainside and sat down. His disciples came to him and he began to teach. He said, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek or the humble, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and lie about you because of Jesus. Rejoice and be glad about that. Because great is your reward in heaven, for in the same way they persecuted the prophets who came before you. It's quite a lot there to take in. So Jesus goes on to give some examples, and I'm just going to highlight a couple. In verse 21, You have heard that it was said to the people long ago, You shall not murder, and anyone who murders will be subject to judgment. But I tell you that anyone who is angry with a brother or sister is subject to judgment too. And anyone who says, you fool, will be in danger of the fire of hell. Therefore, if you are offering your gift at the altar, and there remember that your brother or sister has something against you, leave your gift there in front of the altar. First go and be reconciled to them, then come and offer your gift. You have heard that it was said, eye for an eye and tooth for tooth. But I tell you, do not resist an evil person. If someone slaps you on the right cheek turn to them the other cheek also. You have heard that it was said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, that you may be children of your Father in heaven. 
It's pretty challenging stuff. And definitely not the culture that we live in. This is definitely a different culture. It's not okay to be angry. It's not okay to hold grudges. It's not okay not to forgive someone. And I don't think any one of us in this room has ever been in a situation where we haven't needed to forgive someone. We haven't wanted to hold a grudge. And we haven't held a grudge. We all, we've all done it. That's not kingdom culture. It's not what the children of God should be doing. And I was interested in blessed are the poor in spirit because that's I don't really understand what it means. And um, I've been listening to the Lent readings from the Church of England this week and the whole week has been on blessed are the poor in spirit. And what it means, in modern versions of the Bible, it says blessed are those who depend only on God. Those of us that know we can't do it without God. So like this is the kingdom culture standard. There's no way, Jose, we can do that without God. We can't do it on our own. We're not supposed to do it on our own. So I'm just going to bring us back to verse 23 in Matthew 5, which says this. If you're offering your gift at the altar, which means if you're coming to church, if you're coming to serve God in any way, and you remember that your brother or sister has something against you, that means you've wronged them, stop what you're doing. Going and sorting it out is more important than showing your Sunday face at church. So I'm just going to give us a minute now to just reflect on this week and just ask God, what have I done wrong against you, God, this week? What have I done wrong against someone else this week? Let's just have a minute to think about that. we thank you that the king of our heart is the shadow where we hide and Lord we ask that you forgive us for the wrongs we've done against you this week and Father where we know we've wronged other people Lord we ask that you will give us the courage to go and put that right and if we need to apologise to do that um, and if we need to make amends to do that too because Father we know we need you to be your kingdom in this country Amen Thank you, you Fee. You see, the importance of Jesus' sermon is to challenge each one of us, like Fee said. It's, it's what shapes our values. It is this change in us that brings recognition of who He is. The purpose of the sermon is to get Christians in the context of today to stop acting like the world and start behaving like God's children. I want to say that again. The purpose of the sermon is to get Christians to stop acting like the world and act like God's children. The sermon has a calling, it has a blessing, and it has a promise. So God's saying, come, be mourners, come, be meek, come, be peacemakers. Blessing is because you will be blessed when you are like this. And when you are like this, what's the promise? You will see God, you'll be pure, you'll be comforted, you'll be fed when you are hungry. Kingdom beliefs are formed by the word of God. It is time spent studying, learning, and applying the teachings of the king. Allowing the word to challenge our minds and transform our hearts. There's a scripture that says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. 
God is absolutely clear and eager for us to change the way we think. This is not a sci-fi thing of changing a mind into an inanimate object, but it's about saying your mind has the potential of becoming the mind of Christ. And that is our invitation where God says, change your thinking of where and what you are and who you are to where you will be and what you will be. So scripture today was also about, uh, there's a scripture that says, you are seated in heavenly places. I think it's Ephesians. You are seated in heavenly places with the king. Now, as much as we spend time on earth, which is a great thing, but we also seated, our spiritual bodies, our spiritual minds are seated with God himself, where he's training us, where he's saying, this is where you belong. So when we have a higher perspective and we look down and say, whoa, I see that about myself. That doesn't look really good or that does look good. Wow, well done. But God sees us that way and he says, change your thinking. Allow your thinking to be from a perspective that you can see and say, wow, I need to make that change. Someone quoted once and made a statement said, be careful how you live. You will be the only Bible people may ever read. In China, there's so many new underground Christians that are willing to die for one page of any page in the Bible. One page. We have the full Bible and we have a community of believers to encourage one another. And yet we still refuse to change. But Change doesn't come because people are around us. Change comes because we are open with God first and we are open with those we trust to say, can you help me out of this situation? That becomes a kingdom transformation right there. Justin Welby, the Archbishop said, we cannot live for our cause to win. We have to live for his cause to win. When we pursue our, our cause, guess what? It's going to fail. The plans of man have always failed, but the works of God are everlasting to everlasting. I was talking to Dan this morning about his baptism, which is an absolutely great thing. Dan and Paul got baptized, uh, I think, last week or a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. And Dan said, I said, Dan, what, what was your feeling? He said, electric. <laughs> Love it. Electric. Why isn't our Christian lives becoming electrifying because of Jesus' work? What is stopping that? What is the one thing in us that says, oh, I don't want that. Oh, I want to be, but I don't know how. 2 Corinthians 2, 14 to 16 talks about spreading the aroma of Christ. The important question is, what do you and I smell like? I don't want to know that question, answer, but I'm just saying, what do we smell like? When we step into society, when we are at church or work or communities or wherever we go, what do we smell like? It doesn't smell like Jesus. When someone talks to us and we share the gospel or we talk about something, does it smell like Jesus? Do they go, there's something different about you today. It's not the curry smell. No, no, there's something different about you today. What is it that will make us smell like Jesus? How does the world react to, the, to that aroma you carry? We're going to read Colossians 3, 12, 17. It's going to be on the screen. Uh, it talks about something that we need to look at 
that will bring some transformation in our lives. So this is from the Message Bible. I love the words about this because it's kind of more simplified for me to understand as well. So I'm going to read this. So, chosen by God for this new life of love, dressed in the wardrobe God picked out for you, compassion, kindness, humility, quiet strength, discipline, be even-tempered, content with second place, quick to forgive and offense, forgive as quickly and completely as the Master forgave you. And regardless of what else you put on, wear love. It's your basic, all-purpose garment. Never be without it. Let the peace of Christ keep you in tune with each other, in step with each other. None of this going off and doing your own thing. And cultivate thankfulness. Let the word of Christ, the message, the good news, have the run of the house. Give it plenty of room in your lives. Instruct and direct one another using good common sense. And sing. Sing your hearts out to God. Let every detail in your lives Words, actions, whatever be done in the name of the Master, Jesus. Thanking God the Father every step of the way. Now that is one portion of our scripture that could easily challenge us on a daily basis. So if you wake up in the morning and saying how good a person you should be, well just read that and start with that. Start simple. Say, I'm going to be kind today. I'm going to be different today. I'm going to be someone who's going to be generous today. I don't know what that looks like doesn't mean you cash out thousands of pounds. It just means I'm going to be generous enough to say, you are blessed. Mel, you are blessed. Speaking of Mel and Martin, they inspire me when I see some of the fitness stuff on Facebook and they are in it. I mean, it's amazing. Great job, guys. So proud. I wish I could be like that. I do try, but I don't get there. But I'm still inspired nonetheless. So in God's way of looking at us, He wants to inspire us through the works of Jesus. He wants us to change our thinking about who we are in Christ. But let us not have an earthly inspiration. Let's have a spiritual, heavenly inspiration. So how can we do this? How can we change some of those things around our own culture and adopt some of the kingdom culture? Well, four eyes out there I put on, on the next slide would be for the church and the unchurched. Imitate Christ. Imitate his compassion, imitate his love, imitate his will to please the Father. Now you might have a question, how do I do that? Well, it's not photocopy. It's reading scripture, understanding scripture, asking the Holy Spirit, how can I develop my lifestyle that will match that of Jesus? And here's the key that I have understood while I'm still journeying on the same challenges as you and I are. Here's the key, grace. It's just grace. So when we mess up, or when I mess up, if I do something really stupid or foolish, I know I'm still standing, I'm breathing, God hasn't knocked me off yet, but it shows that He has the grace for me to say, I'll give you another chance. I'll let you go, but I'm warning you, don't do this again. The story of the adulteress that were brought to, was brought in, brought in front of Jesus was about condemning her. People wanted to see what the Lord would do. Anyone heard that story yet? Great. And he writes in the sand. And he says, He among you, without sin, 
knock her out complete change of a holy righteous person who could have condemned her easily and no one would dare challenge his authority but he said no let me change the culture of this mindset of people right now everyone wants to judge someone and get away with it but he said no yes i know you're a sinner as much as those guys are condemning you but go and sin no more church question for each one of us what have we done wrong in our lives that god cannot forgive each and every sin do you think he can forgive everything in your life in my life yes he can because that's why jesus came to die for each one of us but he not he didn't come just to die he said come take my life because i will give you life and life abundantly that abundant life is about changing our thinking to god's way of looking at things cultural change is absolutely important we love our culture some of my own culture has been great and i still love it but some of my culture had to change for kingdom culture to come in i loved drinking at that time love hanging out in pubs playing pool i still play pool but i don't drink the way i used to drink because i lost every game then so i win a few games now without drinking so i sobered up i think my my game has changed considerably but there are some things we have to give up because God's glory is more important. Yeah. Yeah. Has to be. So how can we go forward with changing our own thinking? Well, allow the Holy Spirit to transform you. We can't do this by ourselves. It's accountable to each other in love that will help us. Allow others to speak into your life. Sometimes there may be healthy confrontations that are needed for us to realign back to what God wants us to do or be it is fine to show our weakness it is fine it is fine to show our brokenness to God because he is in the biz- in the business of restoring and he's good at it <laughs> because each one of us young christian or old can stand up today and say yes i know god restores because he's done something in my life that's changed and i can't be the same anymore I have to be electric i have to be electric this morning steve a friend of ours was speaking at a live linkin and he said i would love to come to church just wearing my yesterday's clothes uh clothes and and just come here but something had to change i had to wear new clothes just not to please people but because to honor god i wish i could get up every morning without changing my clothes or brushing my teeth uh going to work in the same clothes uh hanging out at church do whatever i do in the same clothes wouldn't that be great albert einstein had one of the brilliant minds of the 21st century and he had the same set of clothes gray white black trousers whatever and he wore that for the rest of his life because he said i do not want to waste time in deciding what should i wear today and jesus says that by the way it's not my words don't condemn me on this jesus said don't worry about what you're going to wear or eat so i wish i could wear my clothes every day the way i want to do but something about me says no i need to change i need to shower i need to have a bath i need to brush my teeth just because it's a nice thing to have and do if we are willing to trust our bodies and 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 understand that our bodies need these things how much more 
does God want us to change spiritually kingdom culture is about the one who died for us and he wants us to change he wants us to be in that place of saying i need you to be like me so i want to thank god for each one of us simply because he is calling each one of us to become part of his culture and his culture will always be good because he is a good good father we sang about it you are good you are good you are good i want to take a few minutes right now to close up in just giving time to god in our silence and just saying god i want to come back to you i want to come back to you with a passion to be hungry that there's a fire in me that would say yes i want your culture in my life now this is up to each one of us it cannot be manufactured by any word it is you and the presence of the holy spirit in 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 front of the father and the son saying yes i need this and if that's you spend time with god just for a few seconds right now ask him what do you want in your heart in your culture in your traditional thinking to change that would adopt and adapt to kingdom culture and right after this we'll have a lovely prayer that we end up with and we're going to say that prayer together because it's always good to be reminded what Jesus actually did for each one of us it's always good it's the plumb line that tells us wow he did this for me i need to do this for him now i need to live for him i need to get on with my life and say god you are god so let's just spend a few moments quickly in just thinking about where god wants us to be in his kingdom right now and then we'll have the prayer up this together Thank you God for loving me before I ever loved you Thank you Jesus for dying on the cross for me That's all from us today thanks for listening we pray you have a great day